Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week a continuation of our Faces of Fascism series, a mini-series where I look into the important figures on the international right wing, chronicle what it is that they're doing, how they got where they are, and what we might be expecting from them in the future. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about a very important person on the right wing in the United States, at least like a very public person. Her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is often known as MTG in the public, like like in media and stuff, which sometimes leads to very confusing headlines. For example, MTG supports the impeachment of Biden. And if you're a nerd like me, then you might be like, wait, Magic the Gathering, the the trading card game wants to impeach Joe Biden? But no, uh, they, they're talking about this kind of like fascist congressperson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I will be referring to as Green. Greene is a current member of the United States Congress. She currently represents a district in the northwestern part of Georgia. She was born in Milledgeville in central Georgia, which used to be the state capital before Atlanta superseded it in 1868. She's the daughter of a local construction business owner in suburban Atlanta, essentially. She went to the University of Georgia for college. She married her college sweetheart before she had graduated. She and her husband then owned the business that her father created, a business called Taylor, which was her maiden name. And at the time that she ran for Congress in 2020, that business was valued at between five and $25 million. Now, I'm going to be talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene's personal life and actual trajectory into politics a little bit more than I have historically for a lot of these figures. That's because it's part of her brand, right? Part of her perspective on herself, part of the way that she presents herself as a politician and as a political actor is as an everyday regular person. And so I'm going to be focusing on those aspects of her life a little bit more than I have on other figures, because I think that it's really relevant to how she presents herself. Her brand is as a businesswoman. The people at the company that she and her husband ran say that her husband really ran it, not her. She was the chief financial officer, whereas her husband was the CEO. A lot of stuff changed in her life around 2010, 2011. She stepped really far back away from the company that she and her husband ran. And in 2011, she left the Catholic Church for a charismatic megachurch in the Atlanta area called North Point Community Church. This is one of the physically and just like in the number of people in the congregation, largest churches in the United States. She also joined the CrossFit community and got super deep into it to the extent that she tried her hand as a fitness coach for a while. And she also opened a CrossFit gym with a fellow coach. She sold her stake in that CrossFit gym, however, relatively quickly around the time of Donald Trump's first campaign for president in 2016. This is another major turning point in Green's life. She, like many other people in the United States, was incredibly galvanized by Trump's message, at least if we are to believe her own version of events. There is some debate amongst people who knew her at the time about whether or not she was a true believer or if she was just like trying something. But the fact that she has stuck with the perspective that she gained in 2016 and 2017 would lead me to suspect that she's a true believer. 
2017, after Trump's victory against Hillary Clinton, Marjorie Taylor Greene became a major slash minor online presence in right-wing blogs, praising Trump, praising, you know, access to gun laws, hating Hillary Clinton. Her brand, again, was that of an everyday suburban mom and small businesswoman who was also an ardent and very serious real patriot. And this is when she steps into the political universe that has come to be her central wheelhouse, that of QAnon. Now, I've talked about QAnon at other times in this podcast, and it comes up a whole lot in contemporary discourse. But just a quick recap, QAnon is a set of conspiracy theories centered in the United States, but with branches around the world, that claims that there is a secretive figure who has access to a bunch of secrets in the United States government, and that that guy styles himself as Q, and that he shares information about conspiracies that happen in the United States government, or especially relating to leftists in the United States government, that he shares these things with people on the internet. And uh, most of these conspiracy theories have to do with, like, child molestation and child abuse. And so that's why QAnon focuses pretty heavily on this. Marjorie Taylor Greene got super into QAnon. She was super involved in a lot of online activism and, like, you know, just saber rattling and anger about, you know, things like the hashtag, hashtag save the children, which claims that Democrats are engaging in secret child trafficking and child molestation practices. She was involved in Pizzagate, which was another QAnon conspiracy that said that there was a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. that had a secret basement that was running like a child trafficking sex ring out of it and that the Clintons were super involved. Green has directed a lot of her anger against the Clintons, not just Hillary Clinton, but also Bill Clinton, claiming, for example, that they engaged in satanic child murder rituals. As time went on through 2016 into 2020, Marjorie Taylor Greene descended into even more intense shit. Uh, she got linked to white supremacy. She also publicly harassed, like like verbally publicly harassed, school shooting survivors on Capitol Hill by telling them that, you know, they were lying or that they were part of some conspiracy in order to manipulate the American public. She also openly called for Republicans to kill Democratic politicians, including her future Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Marjorie Taylor Greene ran for office in 2020 based on her, her history as a political activist, based on her history as a leader in the online right-wing world. She was originally planning on running in her home district in suburban Georgia, but eventually ran in northwestern Georgia, where she did not live, but did later move, after the incumbent Republican announced that he was stepping down. Green won the primary pretty handily. You know, she won by about 10 points and got some support and acknowledgement from Trump. She then won the general election in a landslide after her opponent suspended his campaign because this northwestern Georgia district where she was elected is one of the most Republican places in the United States. Her campaign speeches were full of the same kind of violent, crass, incendiary rhetoric that got her such a big following online. Remember, her brand is that of your average, nice, kind, caring, fit, white, suburban mom. That's her whole thing, except that she then gets on stage and talks about how the Pelosi's 
are like killing babies and we need to kill them or about how Muslims are invading the country and they're going to rape people and they're trying to take over the world or something like that, right? Like she's that kind of conspiracy theorist, except that she is a, you know, middling height, blonde, white lady. Green's politics, once she entered Congress, were in this same vein. At once simple and incredibly intricate and complex, they reflect a lot of the problems and confusions of a lot of conspiracy theorist politics. Specifically, the, the simple lens of Green's politics is that she says that everything is the left's fault. Literally everything. And everybody who is to the left of her is left-wing. This includes a lot of members of the Republican Party, including at various points, you know, Senator Mitt Romney or various other leaders of the Republican Party, whom she calls rhinos, uh, which is an acronym that means Republican in name only. Green also says that Pelosi, the Clintons, Chuck Schumer, other Democratic leadership people are the, quote, internal enemies of the United States and the people of the United States. Now, that is the simple part of Green's politics. Everything is their fault. None of it is our fault. And they are everybody else. Like, everybody who is not behind me is them. Green is also a staunch, unequivocal Trump supporter. I, I don't think that she's said anything negative about Donald Trump in the entirety of her political career. She is a staunch gun supporter, and she pushed to have Congress let her carry a gun onto the House floor, which, of course, they won't let you do. She claims that the Democrats were responsible for Trump's coup on January 6th. I don't exactly know how, but, you know, again, this is one of those confusing, intricate parts of conspiracy theories, right? That, that'll take a lot of intellectual somersaults. She voted against all of Donald Trump's impeachments. She voted in favor of impeaching Joe Biden. Most of the rest of her politics, once we get away from the like current partisan warfare within the United States, are standard extreme right-wing GOP positions. She opposes abortion rights entirely, like unequivocally. She claims that Plan B, quote, kills babies in the womb. It does not. It just prevents ovulation. She's a COVID denialist. She didn't want to get the vaccine. She refused to wear a mask on the House floor, which resulted in her being fined a lot. She heavily criticized Anthony Fauci, the leader of the United States' effort to reduce the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic in the country. Green is pro-Putin. She is opposed to all foreign aid from the United States. She doesn't want the United States to get involved in the Ukrainian conflict. But this extends beyond stuff that involves Putin. Like, Green wouldn't even condemn the military coup that happened in Burma. I mean, like, it's just a military coup. And she voted against a resolution saying, hey, don't commit military coups. I mean, what? She is violently opposed to all queer rights. She is opposed to all LGBTQ issues and questions. She says that Pride Month should be abolished. She is deeply critical of any kind of care given to trans children. She thinks that trans people don't exist. She thinks that providing gender-affirming care is an affront to God's message. She says that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist conspiracy. She thinks that Black History Month is a mistake. She thinks that Democrats are holding Black people as, quote, slaves. That, that's, that's her word. Um, it, when it comes to getting Black people to vote for them, 
So I, I, I guess she thinks that like doing policies that people of color want is holding them in enslavement. Uh, she doesn't believe in evolution. She doesn't believe in climate change. And she claims that there is a, quote, white genocide happening in the United States. She believes in the great replacement theory. That is the idea that people on the left are trying to get people of color to emigrate into the United States and Europe in order to demographically change them, in order to transform their character, in order to take them over, I guess. Essentially, Green believes in all forms of right-wing conspiracy that exist. If you can name a right-wing conspiracy, Marjorie Taylor Green believes in it. Now, the issue is that, you know, she's in Congress. She is a legislator. She votes on federal laws in the United States. She also has links with the extreme right wing of the United States, uh, including appearing as a speaker in the America First Political Action Convention, which is run by Nick Fuentes, probably the leading fascist in the United States. She appeared last year, February 2022. This makes her one of the most openly far-right members of Congress, although she alleges that she didn't really understand who Nick Fuentes was when she appeared. Uh, to that, I say bullshit. In Congress, Green was initially appointed to the Education Committee and then the Budget Committee, but was almost immediately removed because she was saying crazy conspiratorial crap, specifically denying that any school shootings were real incidents that actually resulted from access to guns and instead saying that like, okay, yeah, you know, the solution in her mind is for everybody to have guns, right? For the kids to have guns, for the teachers to have guns, for cops to patrol schools constantly. Like that's her position. After she was removed from the education and budget committees, she was appointed to her current positions on Homeland Security and the House Oversight Committee. These are terrifying committees for this person to be on. Homeland Security runs some serious security shit in the United States. And the Oversight Committee is the one that deals with giving people credentials and like investigating things that happen in the United States. She was for a very long time a member of the House Freedom Caucus, a far-right group of GOP congresspersons, but was removed actually this year, this summer, 2023, because she used a gendered curse word against fellow right-wing GOP congressperson Laura Barbert. Now, having said all of this, it should be obvious that Green is a, is a clear leader when it comes to extending the mainstream nature of the extreme right in the United States. Her goal, it seems, is to promote right-wing conspiracies openly in the United States, to get as many people to believe them as possible, and to bring them into the heart of the government of this country. She remains a potent force on the right wing and is increasingly unhinged in her opposition to Biden, her support for Donald Trump, and her support for universal gun rights, as well as her opposition to essentially every social freedom and economic freedom that one could imagine. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out and all one word. I'm on Twitter still at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right and also fascism 15. I will likely be looking into other social media accounts soon. Thanks very much. And I'll talk to you Thursday. <laughs>